0: Today, we have Pastor Bernard Emerson from Tapestry Church teaching with us. Please give him a warm welcome. Let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we praise you, we honor you, and we thank you for just being a good God. Lord, uh, we thank you because we know and we confess, Lord, that you are God and that you are God all by yourself. And Father, what I think about, I like about that most is you don't need our help being God. So Lord, on today, we pray your blessings. We pray for your preach word. Lord, we know preaching belongs to you. Man is just a vessel you decided to use. So we pray that you would use us now for your glory. Lord, that you would be glorified that the saints would be edified, and that the devil would be horrified. And Lord, lastly, I don't know what it is about me, but it makes me feel better when I say, Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you now. Help us to preach as never before, like a dying man to dying men and women. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. Good morning, Regan, and it is good to be here with you once again. Well, it it is always a pleasure to fill in for Pastor Albert. And um, it seems like I was just here last week, but uh, maybe it was two weeks ago. But anyway, I'm glad to be back. And last time I was here, we talked about uh, hope and despair. And staying with the The same kind of theme we want to talk about this morning, hope and contempt. We know that during this COVID season, we are challenged with all kinds of emotions, Uh, emotions of fear, of anger, of of, uh, contempt, of uh, despair, of desire. We're challenged with all kinds of emotions during this rough season. And this morning, we just want to talk about contempt, hope and contempt. And it is found in Matthew, the 12th chapter, verses 22 through 39. Matthew 12, 22 through 39. And let me read it for you. It says, then they bought him a demon-possessed man who was blind and mute. And Jesus healed him so that he could both talk and see. And all the people were astonished and said, could this be the son of David? But when the Pharisees heard this, they said, it is only by Beelzebub, the prince of demons, that this fellow drives out demons. Jesus knew their thoughts, and he said to them, every kingdom divided against itself will be ruined. And every city or household divided against itself will not stand. If Satan drives out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then can his kingdom stand? And if I drive out demons by Beelzebul, by whom do your people drive them out? So then, uh, they will be your judge. But it is by the Spirit of God that I drive out demons. Then the kingdom of God has to come upon you. Or again, how can anyone enter into a strong man's house and carry off his possessions unless he first ties a strong man? Then he can plunder his house. Whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does uh, not gather with me scatters. And so I tell you, every kind of sin and slander can be forgiven, but blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven. Anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but anyone who speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven, either in this age or the age to come. Make a tree good and its fruit will be good or make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit, you brood of vipers. How can you who are evil say anything good? For the mouth speak what the heart is full of. A good man brings good things out of good that is stored up in him. And an evil man brings evil things out of evil that is stored up in him. But I tell you, everyone will give account on the day of judgment for every empty word that they have spoken. For by your words, you will be acquitted, and by your words, you will be condemned." I just want to use for a topic this morning, uh, hope and contempt. Now, I knew a guy when I was in the Army, and this dude had to be from the very backwoods of Mississippi. Um, And he was known for saying the most country of things. Uh, One day, out of spite, I told him not to speak when we got in front of certain people. Um, How many of you are familiar with the phrase out of spite? I I know black people can relate to that. Uh, Because all of us, we often do things out of spite, or should I say, out of contempt. Or contempt. You see, I thought every time that this guy opened his mouth, he was setting us back a few years. And, and I found out it was easy for me to feel a certain amount of disgust when he would speak. You see, contempt in his most basic form is, I'm better than you and you are lesser than me. And the most common trigger for this emotion is, an immoral action by a person or a group of people uh, to whom you feel superior to. It's like the feeling you have for a person who has stolen something precious from you, some precious jewelry. And and, and when that person comes around, you often make the face of contempt, you know. Um, Contempt feels like when you don't want anything to do with that person. Uh, because you feel that they are not worthy in your eyes. Uh, uh, because you believe that they lack certain personal characteristics. Um, and, and, and because you know that they took something from you, uh, you know that they lack certain personal characteristics, you do something out of spite or should I say, out of contempt. And what that usually looks like is you doing something personally to people that causes you to lack some of those same characteristics that you accuse them of not having. Feeling contempt is about power or status. And those who are uncertain about their status may be more likely to exercise contempt or assert superiority over others. I thought I was better than that dude in the army, or at least I thought I spoke better than he did. So my feelings of contempt for him were real. And, And the feeling of power and superiority may feel good to some of us, but, To some of us, uh, or or, or for others, it may feel embarrassing or shameful. Now, in our text today, uh, I I broke this down into three segments Uh, the complaint, the response to it, and the warning from it. The complaint, the response to it, and the warning from it. Let me deal with the complaint versus. 22 through 24. Now they bought a a, a man who was possessed uh, by demons to Jesus and uh, he was mute and he was blind and Jesus healed him so that he can talk and see and, uh, uh, and this was something that the Pharisees couldn't do. So out of spite, Or should I say, out of contempt, they were saying to themselves that Jesus worked by the power of Satan. Uh, uh, They didn't agree with what Nicodemus thought about Jesus. And and John 3, the second verse, Nicodemus said, Rabbi, uh, we know that you're a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform these signs you are doing except God be with him. No, they said that Jesus was working by the power of Satan and not God. And and this was literally an act of contempt. They had feelings of scorn towards Jesus. And they acted them out by showing literally their disrespect for him. Uh, Because they couldn't cast the demon out of the man. They couldn't make it so he could talk and see. Uh, uh, Because they couldn't do it, they made elaborate excuses as to why Jesus could. Their complaint was unjust, and they uh, used it as an opportunity to look down on Jesus. Um, While while contempt is an emotion all its own, it's usually accompanied by anger. And so they were literally mad at Jesus for healing this man. Uh, I could imagine that there were some eye rolling. Uh, I could imagine that there were some sneering. and, And you know it was some passive aggressive comments being made. Yes, passive aggressive comments. And that brings me quickly to my second point. The response to it. Verses 25 through 30. Now, Jesus knew their thoughts and he said to them, every kingdom divided against itself will be ruined and every household divided against itself will not stand. In other words, their passive aggressive comments didn't make sense. Why would the devil fight against himself? Why would the devil fight against the devil? If Satan casts out his own demons, he is opposing himself and and dividing his kingdom and destroying his house. It doesn't make sense for the devil to fight against the devil. Um, Their accusation didn't make sense even from their own point of view. But they couldn't see that. And, And apparently there had been some successful Jewish exorcisms. And we know this because Jesus said, if I drive out demons by the devil, by whom do your people drive them out? And what they didn't understand was Jesus was able to cast out demons because he had defeated the prince of demons. Jesus, look what he did. He entered into Satan's kingdom. He overcame his power and he ran off with his possessions. Jesus entered into Satan's kingdom. He overcame his power and he ran off with his possessions. And his victory was by the spirit of the living God and not the power of the devil. This means that Jesus is victorious over Satan. If that's not convincing enough, it was over 2,000 years ago when Jesus defeated sin, death, and the grave. And, And he purchased our freedom with his blood and now we have peace with God through his sacrificial work on the cross. And men, and men have to decide on whose side they're standing. Men And women have to make a choice. Am I with Jesus or am I on the other side? For Jesus said, whoever is not with me is against me and whoever does not gather with me scatters. In other words, we are either with Christ or against him. So we must decide Are we going to be with Christ or are we going to be against him? That brings me to my third and final point. The warning from it, verses 31 through 37. Jesus warned him that their words gave evidence to the evil that was in their hearts. A commentator said that if the heart is a treasury of good, that good would overflow through the lips and do good to others. But if the heart is a treasury of evil, that evil will spill over through the lips and do harm to the person speaking and those listening. Our Lord said that God will forgive evil words spoken against the Son, but not against the Spirit. Now, does that mean that the Spirit is more important than the Son? Uh, uh, No, it doesn't. So the question is, how can God forgive words spoken against his son and not forgive words spoken against the Spirit? It it seems as though uh, this only existed while Christ was ministering on earth. Uh, To speak against Christ could be forgiven while he was on earth. But when the Spirit of God came at Pentecost, as proof that Jesus was the Christ, uh, as proof that he was alive, to reject the witness of the Spirit was final. When the leaders rejected John the Baptist, they were rejecting the Father that sent him. Uh, when they rejected Jesus, they were rejecting the Son. But when they rejected the ministry of the apostles, they rejected the Holy Spirit, and that, my friends, is the end. There is no more witness, and rejections like that cannot be forgiven. But I tell you, Jesus said, but I tell you that everyone will have to give an account on the day of judgment for their empty words that they have spoken, for by your words, you will be acquitted, and by your words, you will be condemned. Our conversation at unguarded moments reveals our true character. Uh, The phrase empty words, the phrase empty words literally means words that accomplish nothing. So what, what I'm saying is, if God is going to judge our small talk, How much more will he judge our deliberate words? Jesus experienced contempt so that we could navigate our way through it. And his response to contempt offers us hope. So when we are met with the smirks when we are met with the sneers, when we are met with the faces of contempt. Remember, Jesus is victorious over Satan and the spirit he used to defeat him lives in you. Let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. We honor you and we praise you, God, for your preached word. Lord, we know uh, uh, that this was just skimming the surface on the subject of uh, hope and contempt. But Lord, we pray for those that don't know you. Lord, we pray that enough was said to give them a proper introduction to you. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would save them now in the stillness and quietness of their heart. We pray that you would do your regenerating work and exchange that heart of stone for a heart of flesh. In the mighty name of Jesus. And Lord, we pray for those of us that know you. Lord, we pray that something was said that we will be brighter lights and saltier salt. We pray that people would see your love in us and come asking, what must I do that I might be saved? Lord, we thank you. We praise you and we honor you. Thank you for hearing us, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. You know, uh, it is through hope in Christ that we are able to come around the table. It is that hope in Christ that that offers us redemption, that offers us uh, salvation. It, It is that hope that we are able to commune with him until he comes back again. And so the Lord Jesus the same night he was betrayed he took bread and he blessed, and he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples, and he said, take eat, for this is my body, which is broken for you. And they did eat together. And after that, he took the cup, and he said, this cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shared for many, for the forgiveness of sin. I want you to drink all of it. And they did drink. And as often as we eat the bread and drink the cup, We do publicly proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. And if that is something you proclaim, we welcome you around the table at home. Just grab your elements and whatever they might be, a a waffle or pancake or cracker and grape juice or whatever. We invite you to grab your elements and commune with us. These are the gifts of God for the people of God. Blessed be to God. Amen.